Well, if you're an optimist, it was a good week for you with the Sharks. If you're a realist, it was a bad week because now the optimists have hope. Hey everyone, how you guys doing? Hope you guys had a great weekend. We're here for you Sunday night. Hopefully you set your clocks an hour ahead early, early this morning. Welcome to the Pucknologist Show 155 here on Teal Town USA. The always unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast. This time around we're going to talk about two Sharks games played this week. A home and home versus L.A., the return of Eric Carlson, San Jose Barracuda announcements, and more, including a giveaway. We have an announcement. But first, if you please, remember to subscribe and follow us on the social media. And if you want to throw something in our Venmo tip jar to make sure that this stays a commercial-free podcast because nobody wants to hear us crowbar in two minutes of trimming your male bush. You know what I mean? Jerk. We don't want to talk about that, right? Um, I would prefer not to. Yeah, I mean, the male bush is kind of a different thing. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a normal bush, you know, out on the sidewalk, that's something else entirely. Absolutely. So, you want to support the show, you can use that super chat option during the live show or hit us up on Venmo at Teal Town USA. And we thank you so much for that. And give this video a thumbs up and add your comment below if you weren't able to join us live. So... Ay, 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 ay. Two wins. Can we play LA every game? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And I'm sorry. God damn it. I got to break myself of that habit. We. I am not a member of the team. You're not? <laughs> uh, that's. They keep telling me. I show up and they won't play me. I feel like Balsers on the power play. Well, I was going to say, I kind of feel like, you know, some nights they, if they, some nights if they put you on the fourth line, it wouldn't be that much of a difference. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, boy. Two games this week. Sharks go 2 and 0 through 58 games of Sharks, 26, 25, and 7, 59 points. They are seventh in the Pac Div, seventh in the wild card, nine points out of both. Over the last 10, they've gone 4, 4, and 2. Over the last five, they've gone 2, 2, and 1. Uh, talk about the picture of consistency and uh last i checked six six and three in divisional games thank you la F figure this out for me how is it that the sharks are like undefeated versus the top two teams in the division yet one and two against seattle somebody enlighten me <laughs> i can't figure it out uh <laughs> my predictions eh, eh one for two i thought they were gonna win one lose one uh, but 58 games, I had them at 56 points. They're at 59, so they're actually trending up. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But what do we take from the two games versus L.A.? Well, look, they had a good fight, or I'm sorry, they a good comeback, or they fought mm -hmm. to come back after pissing away a lead and giving up a shorthanded goal that Eric Carlson called a clusterfuck mm -hmm. in, in the postgame that actually went out on the broadcast. Nice. So clearly the boys not working with a seven-second delay over there. That's the content we like to see. That's all I'm saying. Then you get L.A. at home and curb stomp them 5 nothing Again, why can't the Sharks play 
LA every game. Why in the hell can't the Sharks play in LA on a Saturday night? I'm going to make that the giveaway question at some point. So, I mean, you think about it, hmm. right? Like LA on a Saturday night, you want to do something exciting. The Sharks are not that. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Just like once every five years would be nice. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, geez. It's like they always play here on a Saturday. We never play there. On, or, God damn it. The Sharks never play there on a Saturday. So, <laughs> uh, second meeting of the season. You remember the last time out, Timo Meyer made franchise history, putting up five goals on MLK Day. Carlson and Magna return. Shimmick goes to the IR. Sawchenko gets his first NHL start. And did the jerk bump work? I think it did. Yeah, evidently. Um, you know, it was it was my pre- – you know, they saw me in the crowd and they said, damn it, we got to come back for this guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's hit up a real quick one in the chat real fast from the Grease saying, is it wrong that I'm going to wear a Kane San Jose jersey to the game in Edmonton next Thursday? Uh, my response to that is, do you. Yeah. You know. Uh, let's see here. Middleton was a game time decision. He did end up playing, thankfully. Uh, and who are your scratches? VL, Merkley, because reasons. And Dezingle. <laughs> we all know what happened shortly afterwards. <laughs> uh, Sharks grabbed two of their goals on the power play. They go perfect yet again on the PK. But again, they did give up that clusterfuck shorty. Uh, Burns and EK65 on the power play together actually worked. Do you believe it? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think the problem earlier in the season was they were trying to have, you know, it, it, it seemed to me like they were trying to have two quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And now they've, they've let Burns, at least when, when they're out there together, they've let Burns kind of just run the show up top by the blue line on his own and they've actually had Carlson you know sliding down towards the faceoff dot and being being a lot more mobile and I think I think personally a bit of a rover yeah and I think that suits Carlson because you know for all that said about how well he skates backwards he skates forwards pretty well and his passing is kind of incredible you know he can feather a pass you know anywhere it doesn't matter if somebody's standing in his way or not no doubt and and clearly it worked i mean two power play goals uh, you know, this past Thursday, two power play goals on Saturday. So, I don't know. Something's working. Yeah, it seems to be. Who knew that Eric Carlson was the key to unlock the power play? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody but you, evidently. I was going to say, you get a power play quarterback, and suddenly the power play starts working. What a concept! It's amazing. Hey, did, did you know? Did you know that uh, your best players need to be your best players? Have you heard that? I, I've heard that somewhere. I, I wish I could remember where. Pepsi man in the chat saying, if only Carlson was healthy all year and Hill wasn't Martin Jones every other game. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's a lot of if onlys for this year, right? <laughs> oh, dude. Um, why scratch Merkley in this one? Well, Carlson came back. And Which I guess we need to. I understand. On some level, I understand. You know, like I, I would like Merkley to keep getting games, but at least Carlson's back. At least it's not a situation where it's like, yeah, we're gonna scratch Merkley because, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> dude. Because we feel like we want to take another look at Hataka. Yeah, we picked up dude Dudington off waivers, and you know, we really <laughs> like we really like the way he chips the puck off the glass. So yeah. a player called Hataka. I'm sorry, yeah. Hataka. Uh, but Hurdle looked much better. That dude needed to get off the Schneid. Like yeah, he, for, first goal since January 29th. Yeah, like, dear Lord. Fine. And, you know, 
coincidentally, a week away from the deadline, Hurdle heats up. Hmm. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Wonder what that means. Yeah. Uh, but EK65, you know, he'd been out for like, what, five, six weeks. Uh, so comes in, looks great. Missed 15 games, but he, he throws up uh, two apples. Noticeably shied away from contact, I thought. But that's yeah. kind of Carlson's game. But the thing is, he's so – the thing about Carlson is he's so crafty. Like, he can he can essentially – like, if somebody's trying to run him over, like, he's crafty enough to finesse around them. Yeah. Uh, but Hurdle, as you know, would win it in OT. But <clears throat> I got to say, um, you know, EK throwing up those those two apples early, and it's like, oh, dude, lawn's looking good, my friend. Yeah, dude, it's coming back. It's making, you know, it, it was lo- it was looking critical there for a while, but it, it's, you know, it's coming back. Yeah, it's looking nice there. So uh, the interesting thing in this one, though, of course, you know, Couture and Meyer both minus three on this. You're kind of like, really? Dash three for those guys? But doesn't matter. Got the win. But you, but you know what? I still ultimately think that as much as, as much as Hurdle and Meyer together is fun, like really fun. I, I still think the Sharks are a better team when they're on different lines. Mm. Because well, Hurdle because Hurdle has shown, you know, think about how many players Hurdle has been on a line with this year, right? Meyer, okay. Barabanov, Balsers, Gregor, Halbgawax, Dahlin, like <laughs> Dezingle, you know, like it's <laughs> and and there's nothing like no difference, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's Versus... a funny thing. Hurdle hasn't scored since January 29th. <laughs> For everybody going, when do we get to single again? <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, Hurdle has shown he can play with anybody. And I think, you know, Couture and Meyer, like you'd like them to be able to play with anybody as well. But at the same time, if two guys are going to click together, keep them together. You know, I and I, I think I'm glad that you know specifically. Uh, on Saturday's game, you know, I'm glad that Bob went back with them and Dolan together because I think that line does things well together. No, and I dig me some hurdle with the killer bees. Yeah, man. So the next game, of course, Saturday night, yesterday, Sharks, L.A., 5 nothing victory, third meeting of the season. Despite the overwhelming popularity between both players and the fans last season for there to be series where you play the same team back-to-back. This is the only time the Sharks do it <laughs> the entire season. So stupid. Real real quick, something that actually just came to mind. So you mentioned the Killer Bees, and, and we, we have to mention it. Uh, Barabanov, beautiful tying goal on Thursday. Uh, it was on the side of the ice that we were sitting on was on that side, so got to you know see everything you know as it, as it was happening. Yeah. Um, Six of his nine goals are high value this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 there are a lot of people who wishes he would score more. I'm one of those people, but you know, when he scores, it's it means something. You know what I mean? And he's, you know, he he's getting a lot of uh, he's getting a lot of huge goals. You know, he's got a couple game winners, game tires. You know, he's doing stuff on the power play. So, you know, should he and the Sharks not be able to come to terms? I think. A certain handful of cap-strapped cup teams might want to give him a call. Dude, I swear to God, I think just every day for you up until next Monday, it's just going to announce the Barabanov extension, you cowards. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> announce the extension or announce the trade, but don't, you know, don't not <laughs> trade him and not sign him. Yeah, shit or get off the pot. Come on, bro. I mean, 
I'm just saying, like I said, I look at Tampa Bay, I look at Vegas, I look at Carolina, you know, if you can pick up a second line winger for uh, making a million bucks, like to me, that's an easy decision. You don't even think twice about it. I know. Lost in the return of Carlson and in the the comeback with Hurdle finally getting that wraparound was the fact that Sachenko got his first NHL win. Hell yeah. And he was, I don't know if you saw his celebration afterwards, he was pumped. Oh, how could you not be? Yeah. You know, good on him. Good good for him. Uh, it's just, oh, things you love to see because Sachenko was not doing well with the CUDA. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so, And I thought he looked, especially in that game on Thursday, there were multiple moments where the Sharks were under siege a bit. And, you know, Sachenko was the difference for them. He held them in it. And so that can't be stated enough. I think it's, it's so weird, right? You see, you see players who... They're okay in the minor league, right? And then they go up, they come up to the NHL, and even though it's it's a better league, and so theoretically it should be harder, they somehow play better, you know? Absolutely. So with the five nothing curb stomping, uh, we we see Merkley sent down the day before because reasons. Hill returns from the IR and oh, just throws up a shutty. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, things you like to see. Although things Jerk does not like to see is Noah Gregor getting a healthy scratch. Yeah, I didn't understand that. And 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 you know, Bob kind of <laughs> Bob kind of threw the egg on his own face. You know, he said, "Well, we don't think Noah Gregor works in a bottom six role." And it's like, wonder what it would happen if you played him in a top six role. I mean, well, they have. I know, but and and, and you know, I like. I, I mean, dude, we've been talking about it all year. Like we, this this podcast likes Rudolph Spalsers, but if you, you know, if you were to do like Gregor up with Hurdle and Barabanov, I think that line as a whole might have more jump. You know. Mm-hmm. But whatever. <sighs> it is what it is. Uh, in this one, just a couple of fun notes. I mean, t- Timo takes a phantom high stick. I got it. It should have been ear- interference, not a high stick. I will, yeah. dude. Timo dress that one up, bro. Well, I the the only thing that I can think is okay, maybe like maybe he flinched a little bit, but even then, you're right, there was no contact. There. Yeah, like if I would have had the time when I was doing the the gif of that, like I I was about ready to lay the text underneath that it's like you know for your for your consideration, the academy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, L.A. lost Dustin Brown in this one. Oh no! Anyway, and. Uh, What's the, what's the other guy's name? Roy? Uh, not Roy. Yeah, so they, la- they lost it. Look, the Sharks took advantage of a depleted Kings team as as much as they had been my Kings for a lot of this season and, and were rolling hard. The injury bug has gotten them right now. Yeah, dude, they've lost – in the last five games, they've lost seven players. Jeez. Like, Athanasiu scored against the Sharks on Thursday and then at some point got injured and didn't play on Saturday. Dude, L.A. is at that point where somebody's going to, like, stub their toe getting out of a car and be out for two weeks. Well, and it makes me wonder. We kind of talked about it last week. You know, I don't remember if it was the podcast or it was Discord, but we definitely talked about it, where if you're L.A., what do you do, right? And I'm looking at these injuries. I don't know how they don't, you know, I don't know how they don't trade for a defenseman. Like, right? doubt and... You know, Dowdy, Dowdy is out. You know, Sean Walker is out. Edler is out. I mean, that's three of their top six right there that are hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepsi Man 
Gregor does a lot of things right. He just can't finish. No, it's he's you know he is the blue balls for the Sharks right now. Just can't finish. Dude, if imagine if scoring chances were worth the same as goals. Oh, dude, he'd be kill- He'd be right up there with Meyer and Hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So this uh, look, we always follow it. Tickets sold in this one thirteen thousand eight hundred and twenty-one. Again, that's sold, not used. But pretty decent Saturday, no giveaway, but against L.A. So, look, perhaps also the mandates have come down, so perhaps we start to see a little bit of an uptick even as we get closer to that little E showing up next to the Sharks on the standings. <laughs> at, at least that is a good sign. Uh, but, oh, dude. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, goddamn Hedekin, dude. <laughs> Well, for, let's get the rest. Let's get the other stuff out of the way. You know, like in this one, Nieto and Dolan got off the Schneid, which was nice. You hurdle on the power play pots too. Gadjevic had one waved off for goalie interference, and it was goalie yeah. interference. But you had to feel. It's like, oh man, like you wanted you wanted to see him get that right. Yeah, I, I thought, and and I've been. I don't want to say I've been critical of him all year, but I've been. I've been very quizzical about him. Just like, why, you know, why are you here? Right. <laughs> what is it and, that you do here? But I think the last two weeks, I thought he's had some jump in his game and I thought he's played well. So I, I, it would have been nice to see him get rewarded. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know if this is going to turn into a weekly segment. It might, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, here's our, uh, heady call from the week. Oh, Jesus. How did I know you were going to throw a desert dog in there? When you got a chance, Heading, you got to take it. You just got to take it, don't you? Got to make the people happy. You do. Especially, I'm, a, I'm a giver. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever Randy says, I'm just going to agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. D- so I g- got, give me I, the Swayman quote again. <laughs> oh, man, it's... Uh... Oh man, I I don't want to say it wrong because that'll that'll sully the the point. But it's basically like, you know, it was like Swayman, Swayman was... yeah Swayman hasn't been tested often, but he got tested there and he passed the test. <laughs> it's like we we get it test. Yeah, um, dude, so... I we're we're it's gonna be a new segment where where it's just like this week's headyism. So uh, speaking of things... oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt real quick, but uh, okay. just. Just seeing that Austin Matthews is going to have a hearing tomorrow. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he cross-checked somebody. Uh, yeah, Rasmus Dahlin. Um. So, we this this podcast. You know, we're all about the numbers on this podcast. <clears throat> what you so got there? Numbers. I was doing a bit of math. If Noah Gregor, so Noah Gregor, first of all, Noah Gregor's fifth on the team in shots on goal this year, um, which is already it's in that on that. Metric alone is impressive. Um, if Noah Gregor had capitalized on the same percentage of shots that John- Jonathan Dolan has, Noah Gregor would have 13 goals this year. Dear Lord. 13 goals, and that's that's only in 41 games played. You know, that's if you map that out over eight, the over a full season, that's 26 goals right there for Noah Gregor. Man. Like I, <clears throat> I feel like for the last three years we've been saying just wait right but <laughs> man like 2.9 shooting percentage for noah gregor like that is historically bad historically unlucky like imagine guy 
is like shooting at an average pace. You know what I mean? Oh, dude. Like, and it makes me want to say, like, just wait. You know? Yeah. It's again. <laughs> I but I just go back to the 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 players like Tori Mitchell or Matt Nieto or that just had that incredible speed but just lacked the ability to finish. It's just right. even Jeff Friesen back in the day who had some ludicrous speed towards the end of his tenure in, you know, in Teal, dude, I don't know how many times that cat would catch a breakaway and just center mass, just drill the goalie right in the crest. Well, I feel like with a lot of players, it's either, you know, they're really good at, you know, they're really good skaters, but they have hands of stone or they're super, super crafty with a stick in their hand, but they're like a traffic cone, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's always, I feel like it's always one or the other. And that's what, I feel like that's what makes players like Connor McDavid so impressive is that they, you know, Connor McDavid is so good at both. Yeah. He's, he's playing the game at another level. So anyway, let's get to some fun stuff. Uh, oh, okay. People on social media asking where Danny Miller is. Dude, Jonathan Becker literally posted that like a, what, a week ago? Uh, longer than that, dude. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Who's the guy that's in the Dude, it, it's Ted Ramey. Do you not listen to the Sharks Audio Network? Well, but even then, who's the guy? It, it was it was a woman last night. Like... Uh, well, I mean, but when Danny first left. Oh, I got and you. And then, you know, when they brought in, I believe her name is Amelia, Amelia mm-hmm. something from the Oakland A's, everybody's going, you know, who you know who's this and blah 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 and the, I will say that she's she's catching a lot of flack for her for her call uh, and it's just look I hate to say it but that sound system at the tank it's just not tuned properly and so if you don't have a lower register voice if you have a higher register it's just it's piercing mm-hmm. so I you know I feel bad for the girl because when she's doing the A's she's fine but it, it's because the system is tuned better. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Either way, it's like just uh, it's it's mind numbing to me sometimes where I see the same question asked on on whether it's Facebook or whatever. Who's this person or whatever? Oh, you mean this question that was asked or and answered seven days ago? Ugh. And that's the thing. That's not even that's not even necessarily a plug for our podcast. Like any podcast would tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so what did we learn this week? Uh, look, EK did come out before these games and kind of said he was a little concerned about the roadmap that the Sharks are on, and it actually it's kind of like he's concerned that there is no roadmap. Like they need to figure out what they want to do. Well, that's something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Where to, again, we're we're usually pretty <laughs> pretty first to the party, but you know specifically with you know when we were saying like. Okay, so you get hurdle signed. You need to have like you 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 need to figure out what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like if you if you trade away hurdle, like that needs to be the first domino. You know, if you re-sign if you re-sign hurdle, there needs to be more of an effort than there's been in the last 3 years to build a good team. And and Carlson basically came out and said that, like, you know, we need to I, I believe I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but I believe part of his quote was we need to pick a direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are going to people are going to say, oh, my God, Carlson, you should be grateful because you're getting paid and all this stuff. But it's like, let's take a step back and think about it. A good player making good money 
why would they want to be on a bad team? That goes for any player. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know if you've heard that before, but I've have I have heard that. That's what I'm saying. It's like I don't like, and and we always we always talk about in this podcast prioritizing happiness over money. We talk about it all the time, but I've never heard of a player prioritizing happiness and losing over money. <laughs> Just saying. So anyway, we, we're going to learn a lot this week, kids. No or at the very dude. least, we're gonna learn, we're gonna learn well, at least a little bit of where the uh, the compass is pointing come and, uh, noon on uh, Monday. And word on word next on the street. Monday. I don't want to be yeah, confused. Week, next Monday. week from tomorrow. Yeah. Word on the street is that the sharks are expecting an answer from Hurdles Camp by Wednesday or Thursday. That was in the Athletic this morning. Oh boy. So that's. I don't want to say that that's. You know, I don't want to say if there's no extension by Thursday, then it's not happening. I don't want to say that, but I kind of think that's the Sharks' hopes. And it's, you know, it's the other thing that probably doesn't help things is that it's a full docket this week. You know, they got four games between now and next Sunday. Yeah, I so. wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because you know, for the most part, the GM, you know, <clears throat> the GM is at every home game, and then they'll travel. I want to say they travel for most road games, maybe even all road games. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this week we don't really hear from Joe Will at all. Well, because it's, what are we, hosting Florida, then at L.A., then hosting Colorado, hosting Arizona. So they're not, you know. <laughs> at least they're close, right? Yeah, it's all here. So, you know, with a with a quick jaunt down to L.A. So I, I still think, I mean, you never know, especially, like, teams coming into town, like, that that always seems to grease the wheel. I remember you remember a couple of years ago when the Sharks traded for Nyquist. The day they acquired him, they played Detroit in Detroit. So yeah. they were probably like, "Hey, can we bring this guy back with us?" And you know, <clears throat> that's not to say that any of the teams the Sharks are playing this week are gonna trade with the Sharks, but you never know; it might help grease the wheel. And I'll be real interested to see how many scouts are on the list for the game uh, on Tuesday versus Florida. The Sharks, well, here's the thing. It's funny that you say that. The Sharks had a scout or have a scout uh, in L.A. for their game tonight against Florida. Hey, now. Makes you wonder. Uh, I swear to God, if they bring back Joe fucking Thornton. <laughs> Don't put that out there, dude. Uh, let, let's get to uh, stock up, stock down. Look, for me, it's obvious. Uh, number one on the stock up, EK. I mean, comes back after <laughs> missing 15 two primary helpers post game after the first game against LA he jokes about 25 minutes being too much time on ice the second game he you know he calls the shorthanded goal a clusterfuck mm -hmm. so i mean ek smiling have, making some funny faces uh not once over the last two games did i hear anybody scream are you fucking kidding me <laughs> so uh ek yes you you have uh, stock up for me we you you spent a lot of time talking about it, so I'm not even getting into it. But Barabanov stock up for me, goal and two assists this week. Yeah, I was gonna say three points in two games, good week. He seems, and they mentioned it on the broadcast too. He seems, I don't I don't want to insinuate that he might have been dealing with something, but he seems, specifically the second game against LA, he seemed much more comfortable being like crafty with what he was trying to do and trying to make things happen. And and I think that's an asset that he brings, you know, and, and a little confidence creeping in. That's what I'm saying. You know, if I mean, imagine if you will a 
imagine a second line of Steven Stamkos and Anthony Sorelli, and then you put our buddy little 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 Barabanov out there. You know, <laughs> that, that could be something fun. That's right. Confidence, like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going out with by myself. Fuck friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, I. If you got one more, go for it. I have one more that came to my mind. Uh, I mean, Aiden Hill. I got to give him some yeah. stock up. I, you come back after missing so much time. He has not had a good season. You know, he's been he, decent. He he's been decent. He's had spots where you go, okay, I can you know see that maybe this is something for the future. And then he shits the bed, and you're kind of like, no, oh, shit, now what do we do? And somebody pointed it out earlier in the show on the chat where they're like, you know, one day he's Martin Jones, the next day he's Aiden Hill. So for him to miss that much time and to come back, especially with the threat of Staylock behind him, <laughs> <laughs> but well, to come back and throw up a, a shutty, just mm-hmm. like way to just fucking kick open the doors and be like, I'm back, bitches. Well, and I'll tell you what, too. Pretty, I don't want to say his record is like impressive or anything, but decent record for how, or I'm sorry, decent stats for how bad his record is, Mm -hmm. you know? So that kind of makes you wonder, you know, a goal here, a goal there. Maybe his record looks a bit differently. You know what I mean? You mean a go well. The only other one, actually I had two. They're very quick. One is Vlasic. Only because I don't feel like I've seen him doing any do anything re- like super egregiously bad lately. So good for him, I guess. Um, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, but stock up, uh, you know, Bobby, Bobo, Bob Bugner, um, for solely for putting Couture, Dolan, and Meyer back together. Cheers that's to that. It. That that's that's how low the bar is here. Mm. Hey now. So stock down, uh, Dzingel. I mean, you, nice. <laughs> you come in and play a couple games, get one goal, and you know, two healthy scratches, and up, oh, bye. I'm kind of surprised that I'm kind of surprised Toronto didn't didn't snag him back up off of waivers. But I imagine what that the fact that he, they didn't tells me that they want to keep the roster spot and the cap space open for any potential dead uh, trade deadline trades. Gotcha. Yeah. I, well, and I, isn't that why the Sharks probably waived him as well? Yeah. I mean, LeBanc is, you know, LeBanc is close for one. And you've got guys who are getting healthy. You know, I mean, Dolan, Dolan was on the injured reserve. He came back. Same thing with Eric Carlson and Magna. You know, so you had you had guys who were coming off the injured reserve and you needed the room for them. But I, I don't know. I still think the big one is. LeBanc. I don't know that LeBanc is going to play on Tuesday, but you know he's he's closer. He's close to being close. Yeah, you know I would say if he can, like, you know if he can get in there, you know maybe that Western Canada road trip, maybe he gets back in. I could see that uh, coming up twenty second, twenty fourth of March. Hey now, uh, stock down for me. The local stations, NBC Bay Area, KTVU. They barely acknowledged the Sharks' existence during any point during the season, but a fight breaks out at a game, and they got stories on it on TV. They add it to their webpage. It's on their social media. Seriously, get, get bent. <sighs> uh, we're only going to pay attention when something bad happens. F you. <laughs> Serious. 
and stock down to the officials in Detroit the other night that stopped Nadeljevic and Talbot from throwing hands. Dude. Would have been sweet. You saw the, the replay, right? Yeah. Oh, dude. And dude, that it was just a hell of a, a goddamn night that it was you had uh Detroit and uh Minnesota just wanting to kill each other. And if I remember correctly, the, oh god, there was another Oh, it was Buffalo Vegas. I mean, th- those were two games that were like going on simultaneously. Everybody there was there was just so much amount of hate. <laughs> it was fun to watch. I'm just saying. Uh, any other stock downs for you? You know, they, they don't, they don't have to be shark specific. I, you know, I only called out to zingles. Anybody like what you want to stock down for Shimmick for like not figuring out how to get back. Uh Oh, I think we've lost jerk everybody. Sorry. I was muted. I would say <laughs> the only other stock down for me would probably be, and I hate to even say it because it's not like he's done anything bad. Right. But I would say stock down Joe Will only because he has not called up John Leonard yet. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Joe Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think uh, sometime between now and the uh, end of the week we might see John Leonard? I mean, Chief just what had like five goals in like three games or something, including well, a he's he's been on a crazy run lately. Something like I think I want to say 25 points in his last 25 games, like. He he's been on it. Like he's been the Barracuda's best player. Um, Man, and if you're I, healthy, I, I scratching think, Gregor. I think ba- based on that alone, I think he should get a call up. But especially, <laughs> you know, if we see, I mean, we could potentially see, you know, eight days from now, we could potentially see Hurdle, Barabanov, and Cogliano all traded away. Ooh. You're gonna need somebody in there. Yeah. Okay. So I think what Jerk is trying to tell you is like, like versus Florida this week, prepare for that fourth line of Reedy, Weatherby, and Leonard. That'd be fun. I'm just saying. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, stats, you know, it's largely the same shit. We talked about it earlier. Uh, pretty decent power play this week for, for I want to say, eight. And so last time I looked, 50% on the power play, good. And four for four on the PK. Again, when your PK is killing 100%, last uh, I don't know about you, I, th- I think the NHL looks at that positively. I can't be <laughs> yes. Sure. Uh, I got something interesting from no, the whip module. It out. Whip it so out. For, so for those who don't know, we you know, we, we added a little bit of a, what we call a, a modifier to the module. Um, and basically what it is is you essentially get like a little like a bonus – uh, if your goal was a power play penalty killer game winner, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so Timo Meyer's got 25 goals this year. 14 of them were, you know, 14 of his 25 goals got a modifier. You know, some of them have actually gotten two modifiers because they were power play game winner, you know? So he's, he's scoring in all situations. I don't think you need me to tell you that, but <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's something that I noticed the top three, Still the top three, um, you know. And Barabanov, though, he's he's banging on Dolan's door. Only you know three goals behind him and five module points behind him. So I'm just you know. gonna I'm gonna call it now. Uh, if Barabanov remains a shark throughout the end of the season, I say Barabanov overtakes Dolan. We'll see. I mean, that's not 
that's not that difficult of a challenge. You know, Dolan's at 12 goals, uh, Barabanov's at nine. But, but, uh, but uh, well, been, overtakes him been, in the module, but I'm, but could potentially at goals. But then again, Dolan, after missing a little time, all of a sudden, Dolan last couple games looked pretty decent. Yeah, and I and that's kind of like what I said before. I think he, you know, he's played his best hockey, I believe, with Couture and with Meyer. And so I, that's why I give Bob props for putting that trio back together. And and it, and it's worked out. A goal in you know two points in his last two games, goal and an assist. I want to see. I mean, like I really am still very hyped about the potential of what Dolan could be like I know I know there's that there's that urge from Bob's perspective to you know move him down the lineup scratch him do whatever kind of stuff I just leave him up there and sort of you know let him figure it out with yeah. with good players you have to let them figure out their their issues you <laughs> know what I mean out. <laughs> like I I think I would just leave Dolan up there that trio has obviously been very well he's played his best hockey this year with that trio um you know, maybe that's something we'll do for next week. We'll go back and we'll see, you know, of Dolan's 12 goals, how many of them came while he was on that line. That would be an interesting thing to look at. I like that. Uh, let's hit up a comment in the chat from our beautiful friend Sharks Lass. Just in case, hoping if you know how likely we'll see Jumbo on Tuesday. I know he was on IR, but wondering if he'd be traveling with the team. think we'll even see him peek out from the tunnel on Tuesday when Florida's here. I will tell you this, the latest that I've seen, and this is from earlier today, Florida Panthers coach Andrew Burnett says that Thornton is close to a return to the lineup. Um, that that I mean, that's it. He's close to a return. You would think that Jumbo would be like, look, I'll, I let me just play the San Jose game and then I'll sit out the next three. You know what I mean? You know, I want to see my tribute video, goddammit. <laughs> but, I mean, at the very least, if he, he's got to be in the building. Yeah, I mean, he, I, you know, I saw the same thing you saw today, that he is close, and, and I believe, I want to say it was George. Uh, George wanna, Richards. Yeah, George Richards, who covers the Panthers for uh, for Florida Hockey Now. He was saying that, you know, there is a possibility that the fact that Tuesday's game is against the Sharks. Maybe that that kind of tips the scale a little bit, where you know he's he's uh, closer than he would be if it was somebody else. Yeah. Well, I plan on being there, so we'll see what we'll we'll see what happens. But <laughs> hopefully, you don't have to beat anyone with a stick to get a warm up puck. Uh, what's a warm up puck? I'm just saying, <laughs> Mitch, stop buying them all. Okay. <laughs> So, look, here we are. Hurdle updates, there aren't any. We're a week away from the trade deadline. He's still a shark. Will he be one in a week from now? We'll see. Same goes for Barabanov. Same goes for Middleton, who is suddenly getting, having a lot of talk surrounding him. You know what? I I really have enjoyed Middleton this year. He's been found money, I think. Oh, absolutely. The thing, the thing with Jake Middleton is he... You know, he was drafted by, funnily enough, drafted by the LA Kings. Not many people know that. And never signed, uh, you know, never signed an entry-level deal with them. And, you know, uh, joined the Barracuda, you know, joined the Barracuda, got an NHL deal with the Sharks. And one of those guys, similar to 
Barkley Goodrow, right? Chipped away, worked his way up. And, you know, he's proven to be, at least for this year, he's proven to be a legitimate NHL defenseman. And I think considering the work he's put in and considering you only had to give up money to get him and now you could potentially get an asset for him. That's something that I think that Joe will needs to think about, especially if they don't see, if they don't see Middleton in their long-term plans. I mean, if they want to make the playoffs next year, maybe they do see Middleton in their long-term plans, but if it's a, if it's a five year slash and burn kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I mean, we already saw, we kind of talked about it with the Zingle. It just makes me wonder like how much space are the sharks looking at freeing up if they want to, do the facilitate those deals like they did who was it uh Yanmark with Vegas last year Matthias Yanmark with Vegas and Nick Felino with Toronto yeah so and you know and you know that level that business they got two fourth round picks out of it hey picks are for good. for paying money P- and pick, at, picks are what your your third favorite just underneath cap space yeah big fan and then like a player that can go now <laughs> <laughs> no and 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 I think if especially the the uh, the type of owner that the Sharks have, right? Somebody who's very involved, at least in terms of like spending money to make things happen, that sort of thing. Like it it, it makes too much sense based on that fact. It makes too much sense to like get involved again. And you know they got like I said, they got the fourth round pick for helping out with Nick Felino. Um, that turned into Ethan Cardwell, who's had a good year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they got another uh, pick out of it. I can't recall off the top of my head what round it was, um, but they, you know, they they helped broker two deals last year. And and you know, when you're in the position the Sharks are in, you're trying to accumulate young talent. You'll take as many picks as you can get, right? Sure. I mean, and you know, right now for they've got. Three seventh. I mean, that's kind of their that's their money right there. But <laughs> but you know, a first, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. I mean, depending on who gets traded. I mean, if Hurdle and Barabanov go, like that's going to be you know obviously the top end of the draft. They're going to stack picks. But you know, if they move somebody like Cogliano, you know, maybe that's a fifth round pick. You know, if they help broker some deals, you pick up some fourths and some fifths, and you know, that's kind of. That's kind of the way that you got to do business now. You know what I mean? You have to be, especially with the way the pandemic is going, like you have to be flexible. You have to be creative. You have to be willing to do super unconventional things. I feel like prior to the pandemic, or not even that, prior to the last few years, I think there were like a very small handful of three-way deals. And now, especially with the pandemic, I feel like we've seen so many three-way deals like on a year-to-year basis. So... If I'm the Sharks, I get involved. You got they got five point four million dollars in cap space right now, and you know that's if you prorate that for the deadline, that's twenty seven million dollars. I mean, they can they can take on a lot of guys, you know, help help teams out. Especially <laughs> you look at um, my mind know. is so not in this right now. It's like I'm hearing like you got to be flexible, be able to put yourself in many positions, take on right. a lot of guys. I'm like, are we talking about August Ames again? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But you you look at some of the players who are available. The one that comes to mind is Claude Giroux. Like, Giroux? They're, you know, the big – everything that I've read and heard is that the big sticking point on Claude Giroux is the fact that his cap hit is so high. Like, 
some even with Philadelphia retaining 50 percent, like the teams that are interested might not be able to make that work, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Julio says, but if you're not rebuilding, then why would you trade your good young talent for picks that might not even pan out until a few years? I'm con- I mean, I want to answer that question, but I'm trying to understand it. I feel you. I mean, Julio, we need clarification. Can you pop that up again? I just want to give it a quick read. Sure, whip it out. If you're not rebuilding, why would you trade your... I mean, I I think he's referring to Middleton. I mean, here's the thing with Middleton. Middleton is 26. Like, he's not a... He's a good player. I wouldn't say he's a good young player. Like, Middleton is a player that you... If the Sharks are going full rebuild... Middleton's a player you trade away, you know, just from the perspective of by the time the Sharks are good again, he might be like 30. And from the perspective of he's obviously, at least for this year, is an appreciated asset. If somebody wants to pay up for it, you take it. Absolutely. Ricky, That's how I look at that. Ricky coming in, who would a dead cap kind of guy on a lineup that would make the Sharks roster? Who would the be one... Able- the one that com- the one that I keep going back to, and and a lot of this stems from the Minnesota Wild having interest in Tomas Hurdle. I kind of look at it as like, and again, if I'm Joe Will and say Minnesota, <laughs> if if I'm Joe Will and Minnesota presents the best option for me in terms of a Tomas Hurdle trade return, they've got the four million dollar Victor Rask buried in the AHL. I'm taking that on. Number one, you'll get more out of it. And number two, it makes the trade easier for Minnesota to make happen. So that's the kind of thing. I mean, you you look at all these teams who are rumored to be in on hurdle and you, you kind of have to look at, okay, do they have a guy making a lot of money who's maybe not bringing a lot to the table? Or maybe do they have a guy who's injured that or or just a guy who's been healthy scratch that hasn't really worked out? But the one, like I said, the one I keep going back to is Victor Rask. Like I think, if the Sharks and this, we're speaking very hypothetically, if the Sharks do end up trading Tomas Hurdle to Minnesota, I would be surprised if Victor Rask is not included in that deal, just because he's a four million dollar player that's buried in the AHL and he's going to be a UFA, so it it doesn't affect the Sharks at all. Faux show. Sure. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Shang had an interesting one this week. Uh, Says he talked to some peeps and said, you can't blame Bob. Injuries and lack of talent aren't Bob's fault. Look, we know that Bob has one more <laughs> Poor year. Poor deployment is Bob's fault. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and what was it? Somebody, some former coach said something that, you know, he's been given chicken shit and told to make chicken salad out of it. Um, he's got one year left on his deal. I mean, do, do you let him just play out this final year, try to bring some more cohesiveness to the room? try to get the boat pointed back north and I think what's going to I don't see Bob on you know depending on what you may think should happen I don't see Bob Bugner getting fired I think if the Sharks if the Sharks are a good team next year then they'll extend him and if they're not a good team then they'll just let the contract expire and move on I don't see them firing him So you okay so then that brings up the ask of how motivated are players to play for a lame duck coach. Like if you know the co- you know, your coach is on the last year of his deal, he hasn't gotten an extension. 
kind of like, eh, you're not going to be here next year. Fuck, do I need to listen to you for? Well, I, I think it depends on how they how they feel about the coach. You know, if if Bob is someone that they like, you know, they like as a person, they like playing for. It seems then they, like they do. Then yeah, then they will play for him, yeah. even though he is going to expire. But we saw we saw you know I go back go back to 2014 15 you know there were a handful of Sharks players who got sick of Todd McClellan and we know how that season went. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Shangin also had a interesting take saying contracts actually aren't the problem. Um, it was fun listening to some of the stuff you said because it was it was stuff that you and I have either talked about ad nauseum previously or wrote articles about. Uh, we we got to do a show with them soon. <laughs> but uh, Shane basically said, look, the Sharks suck because their 13 through 16 drafting was atrocious. I mean, if you look at it, just games played out of that, yeah, it's it's a fucking tire fire. I think that's one of the reasons why we see uh, Doug Wilson Jr. in there now instead of Tim Burke. Because, look, let's be honest, I... We've said it before, like Tim Burke, I think, got the heave-ho, well, no, okay, I'm sorry, the heave-promotion, <laughs> you know, he got the heave-promo, mm, I want to say about three, four years too late. Yeah, I just think, I mean, you look at, to to Shang's point, you know, you look at, look at the Sharks roster, right? I mean, they had to, you know, they had to go out, they had to sign Benino, sign Cogliano, they had to bring back Matt Nieto, they had to claim... You know, they had to bring back Balsers. You know, and, they had they had to trade for Dahlin. They had to trade for Vander Kane, trade for Eric Carlson. And you're making the point is that, you know, o- over those years, like right now is when those picks would should start to blossom and, and pay off for you. And there aren't any. So exactly what you said, they had to go out and get all these pieces. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. And, you know, for for those who were who were participating in in the discord shenanigans last night, you know, Ian was saying it as well where you know part of the reason for the sharks trouble specifically with losing you know losing Pavelski and losing Nyquist and Donskoy and all this stuff is that because the drafting in those 3 years you mentioned was so poor there were no replacements or replenishments waiting in the wings mm-hmm. so That's goddamn tragic <laughs> okay so i see this going around and so I wanted to, to, you know, this is another one of like jerks 101 hockey or like jerk explains. We, we need to come up with this segment where I can just cut it, clip it. And anytime somebody asks, I can go, OK, here, just listen to this. Here's jerk explaining it. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> so we all know that Timo's deal is over after next season. Correct. But everybody is losing their shit over the $10 million qualifying offer and oh, we the sharks are gonna have to pay him ten million dollars, and we're not gonna have any money because in the Ferraro. And what if you get hurdle and all these things? Can you please just enlighten us about like what the hell that that means? So, the the ten million qualifying offer basically, and and the rules have since changed. You know, when they came out with the CBA extension before the bubble two years ago, they changed this rule. But obviously, all contracts pre extension. You know, they uh, they still follow the old rule, that being that, you know, with a restricted free agent, you have to send them their qualifying offer. And you need to send a qualifying offer to retain their rights as a restricted free agent. The qualifying offer is a one year deal with a cap hit of the 
salary in the final de- year of the previous deal, in this case, $10 million. Now, I in your show notes here, you put, what's the benefit? Well, the benefit is if Timo Meyer doesn't like playing in San Jose, he can take the qualifying offer, which would be a one-year deal at $10 bucks, and then walk himself to unrestricted free agency. That is the worst-case scenario, if you ask me. How I the realistic case scenario. I don't know if that's an expression, but it is now. The realistic <laughs> what, case what are you, scenario. Brett Hedekin over here. <laughs> is that okay? And you think about it. By all accounts, Timo Meyer likes being in San Jose. He wants to be in San Jose. He wants to win with San Jose. I, th- I don't think I'm out of school by saying that. From that perspective, you want to stay in San Jose. Would you take a one-year deal at ten million dollars and? rock the boat, make people unhappy, and potentially not get to stay in San Jose? Or do you say, "Mm, you know what, I'm going to negotiate something that's for less money on a yearly salary, but more years, you know? Would you take one year of $10 or, you know, $49 over seven years? There you go. And it all depends on you, because if he hates San Jose, then... Take it and bail. That's his prerogative. But if he wants to be in San Jose, and by all accounts he does, I don't even give the qualifying offer a second thought. And we talked about this a month or so ago. If I'm the Sharks, uh, I would be trying to lock up Timo Meyer as soon as he's eligible for an extension, which would be July 13th of this year, because he's playing he's playing really well this year. You know, I don't I don't again similar to what I said before, you don't need me to tell you that, right? But but you look at obviously what he's done this year. I mean, he's setting career highs in virtually everything. You know, he's on pace for 82 points in 77 games. Myself personally, I would sign him as soon as I can, because what if he comes back next year? What if he puts up a hundred points? You know, and he was killing it for quite some time this season. And Ian saying he'd still be RFA again if he just took the QO. I'm not going to say Ian is incorrect, but how I understood it is that the QO would walk him to UFA. I would need to double check. Oh. I can't say. All right. So for more details, join us in Discord following the conclusion of this program tonight. <laughs> and you can uh, hear hear the the lovely back and forth between them. Uh, a couple more things here. Has anyone noticed that the top four teams in the Pacific Division are all coached by former Sharks coaches? Things that make you go, hmm. You know that's going to be <laughs> – that's going to be – that's the selling point for giving Roy Sommer a chance. <laughs> you shut your whore mouth. Oh, man. Uh, let's move on to the little guys. Pointed pointed out in the chat, Ian, Ian conceded to me. Oh, well, there you go. Never mind, age. Yep, okay, cool. All right. Take, <laughs> dude, take the win like a man, buddy. No, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about those other those other cats. Ooh, Barracuda. So we had a cool little exclusive on Teal Town USA this week. Uh, Barracuda made a lot of announcements. One of which was, uh, so they got the new barn that's going to be opening for next season. Ticket prices have gone up a couple bucks across the board. And it, look, first off, for the people that are bitching about the price increase, 
fuck is your problem? You're getting a brand new building. Like, <laughs> like the, you've been paying under value for the last five years, and then you're going to complain that tickets go up a couple bucks, Like, in, yet you're getting an entirely brand new barn that's going to be all yours. You don't have to be in that cavern of SAP when there's only like, you know, 1,200 fans in there. Like, this is going to be your barn. So suck it up. <laughs> like, seriously. Uh, there's going to be a lot of changes coming to that entire facility. Uh, food and beverage and promotions, all sorts of stuff that are going on. Check out the article on TealTownUSA.com for more information. But, of course, the real cool points of it were that they are in negotiations to get at least eight to ten games televised, which would be really nice. I'm Nice. They haven't put pen to paper yet, so they can't announce anything, but they said it is a network that most fans probably are already used to watching. So for me, I'm going, <laughs> well, that's probably means that the network that they already watch Sharks games on. Probably. Yeah, I'm just going to speculate that. And let's, you know, they're saying eight to ten games. Well, there's at least eight to ten times that the Barracuda play when the Sharks aren't playing. So no conflict. You hear me? <laughs> uh, and finally, though, the, the biggest news of the day was there's going to be three new Barracuda jerseys next season, a home, away, an alternate, and evidently going to be some twite, uh, twite, some slight tweaks <laughs> to the Barracuda logo. So I'm excited to see what, what happens. Now, Ian pointing out, yeah, price increases after losing seasons always stink. And I completely agree with you. But I think they can get away with it simply because, look, you're finally getting a new barn, and who are some of the names that could be playing in that new barn next season? You know, is that a Weisblatt? Is that a Gushkin? Is that a Tristan Robbins? Like, it could be an entertaining season next year. They could be kind of sucking right now but be a lot better. Who's to say that the time that – Sachenko experiences now playing with the Sharks, and who knows how much longer that's going to last, but maybe that helps him be a better goaltender when he has to go back with the CUDA. All I'm saying is, like, you're, you're getting all this cool new stuff, and then you're going to complain about the price. It's like, give me a break. But that's just me. Uh, let's go around the NHL. There's only one story that I give a shit about. The Vegas Golden Knights, last I, I believe, are now 4-9-1 and one since Mark Stone went on IR. <laughs> and two of those wins came against the Sharks. <laughs> the other Absolutely two... Absolutely incredible. Dude, the other two came against Anaheim and Ottawa. Not exactly world beaters. So it's like you won four games, and the, the three teams that you beat, none of them are in a playoff position. Yeah, I mean, and and even if you look, you know, they they're on a four game losing streak, three seven and zero in their last ten. I mean, it's oh, kicking the balls. The, the the wheels have blown off the you know <laughs> of, of the show here, and I I I don't know. I you know we talked about this before. Obviously, we take pleasure in the Golden Knights being bad. I think we oh. both agree on that. Yes. But as you know, somebody like you, somebody like myself, somebody like Ian. We are big fans of roster building. Mm -hmm. And so all age before we jumped on, you know, to do the show, the 
AJ and I spent a good 10, 15 minutes saying, well, if I'm Vegas, I'm trading for this guy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And da, 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 da. And so. Well, job one is find a goddamn goaltender. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, losing streaks, I think make for, uh, exciting roster building conversations. Absolutely. And what's funny is Julio is in the chat right now saying, hopefully Vegas gets swept in the first round. That's if they make the playoffs, brah. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, not looking too good. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, you go back to the beginning of the season when we first, I don't know if it was during the, the Pacific Division preview or very early on when we were kind of making our picks of where we saw certain teams finishing. I, I specifically remember saying, you know, look, you got rid of your Vesna winning goaltender. Put your put all your, your eggs in Robin Leonard's basket. And my whole thing is, what if he has a collapse? What if he gets hurt? And, well, it's happening. So, and and the schedule, go look at Vegas' schedule. Doesn't get too much easier over the net. Like, the, yeah, okay, they have to, uh, what, I think they get like a back-to-back against Seattle. Okay, so that's nice, but they still have games against Colorado. There's divisional games. It's going to be a tough road to home, my friend. And if I remember correctly, I think they play three of four against Vancouver, who are so close to getting them. Like, what What are the standings right now? Last I looked, oh, Vancouver, three, three points, points back. Three points back with two games in hand. And Vancouver is currently playing, although last I looked, they, they were down losing. two nothing for yeah, they're to still two zero. They're still losing. Yeah, so okay, Vancouver not exactly taking advantage of the opportunity given. But oh boy, if Vancouver finds a way to come back tonight, dude, one point back. Ooh. With a with a game in hand and three games against them. Yeah. Like, hey, now talk about a recipe for success. <laughs> or a recipe for disaster, depending on who which team you're looking at. Um <laughs> Love you it. know, you mentioned Flurry. I saw something. Dude, everybody's saying Toronto, man. Toronto, yeah, I think Toronto's an option just because Jack Campbell. Well, Jack Campbell was struggling, and then he got hurt, and Mrazic has been struggling. So, yeah, Toronto, I think, makes a lot of sense. It's hilarious. I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. Um, (laughs) You know, the Capitals, I think, make a lot of sense. But what I saw today, and I I feel bad. I can't remember where I saw it. Maybe I want to say it was the Athletic. But the... I guess the understanding is that, you know, Chicago is kind of leaving it in Flurry's hands, you know, basically, okay, do you want to trade? Do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to stay here? Whatever you want, we're going to accommodate it. And it sounds but like Flurry is comfortable there. It's because he doesn't like, you know, he considered retiring at the thought of having to move his family from Vegas to Chicago. He doesn't want to move his family again. That's yeah. the big thing. And, but and and already got three Stanley Cups. But what I saw this morning or this afternoon, Chicago is hoping if they do trade him, they're hoping to get a first round pick for him. And does Toronto have? No. Oh shit. Or actually, they do. But I, that still seems like a hell of an ask. Well, the thing so Toronto doesn't want Toronto's not trading their first round pick for a rental. Toronto would only trade their first for somebody who's here beyond this year. But. The thing with Flurry that stands out to me is, you know, Flurry, you know, is he can, he's getting he gets by on his reputation. Yeah, he's but, like last I looked, like the last couple of weeks, not setting the world on fire. Well, he's he's very similar to Aiden Hill. He's got good stats 
despite how bad his record is. Gotcha. And I, you know, I think any playoff team who needs a goalie would be smart to go after Flurry. I personally wouldn't give up a first round pick for him. Yeah, but but you know what? Uh, the pressure of a fan base can make you make dumb decisions. Yeah. Well, and and even. You know, I, I mentioned the Capitals, right? I mean, you look at you look at the Capitals there. They're in a playoff. You know, they're going to make the playoffs this year. But they are, you know, they're getting by with, I don't want to say suspect goaling, but goaltending, but inexperienced goaltending. Man. And, it, and what fan base is salivating for playoff success more than Toronto? No kidding. So... Anyway, uh, we'll we'll throw it out for a few more questions here. If you got them, toss them. But uh, we got a couple more things to take care of. One of which is the winner of this Sharky jersey, excuse me, giveaway. And uh, this is fun. If you remember last week, the question was: the Sharks in their history have had four primary songs that are played when the Sharks score. And I said that spelling counted you had to spell the name of the song correctly the name of the artist correctly and despite several submissions only one pulled it off uh two i got it right okay i'm also not eligible worth yeah. saying <laughs> so <laughs> but there was there was uh there was a couple people that they submitted three out of four i guess hoping to get lucky with that um there were a couple people though that did get all four out of like the five people that submitted all four correctly, only one spelled them all correctly. And that person is, uh, and I almost disqualified this person just because their Twitter handle sucks. <laughs> I don't even know how to do it. N as in Nancy, N P E A E N returns. So is that supposed to be like a, a hyphenation of Napoleon or something? Napian something, but anyway, N N P I N <laughs> returns. Uh, so we're gonna be hitting you up, uh, giving sending you the DM with the congratulations. We'll get your mailing information and get that out to you. So again, we have <clears throat> whoa, hello, we have two of these. There you go. So one now spoken for. Big winner. Uh, so the next one is on deck. I was kidding earlier about the Saturday thing. I'm just fucking pressed about that. Jerk and I are going to put our minds together and come up with another question that, you know, a, a longtime Sharks fan would probably be aware of and not that somebody could just easily, like, Google the question and get the answer in five seconds. So we're going to have that for you next week. Uh, speaking of next week with 24 games left as of now, the next time we speak with you, we're going to be catching you up on four sharks games with a holy shit. Another after dark takeover. Really? Hey, at least <laughs> the game is at four o'clock. So true we'll that get, we'll get it. We'll get an early start, but you know, I please don't adjust your sets. Pucknologist going early next week. Going a little early, but I'm afraid maybe running late, depending, you know, the fact of the matter that it's <laughs> no like, kidding. what, it's going to be like, uh, like 15 hours before the deadline. Dude, how epic would it, how epic would it be? Oh, if, the, if, if you some know, big the trade show, happens the sh during the show, the show, 
yeah, the show starts 30 to 45 minutes before normal time, and yet we finish at the same time. Oh, <sighs> shit. No. <laughs> or, you know, what would be really bad is the show starts early. We do our normal run or whatever. And like 30 minutes after we're done, all of a sudden, the hurdle traded. To, you know? Jesus. Well, okay, fire it up again, on. Steve. Yeah, we have to go back online. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, fire it back up. Yep. Oh, so uh, anyway, uh, it could be quite a packed show with uh, games against the Panthers. Of course, uh, preeminently Joe Thornton's return. We'll find out. L.A. Oh, Jesus Christ. L.A. again? <laughs> Colorado and the Desert Dogs, who, boy, Randy Hahn was having fun with last night bringing that up. Uh, well, they're on a Coyotes are on a little run. I mean, six six dude, four and zero oh in their last ten. Do and they're and and they're not be beating also Rands. Uh, well, because they're like the worst team in the league. So <laughs> anybody they beat is impressive, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're playing Montreal every day, right? So the fact that yeah, Arizona's caught a little fire here. I've been you know not the walk in the park that it's been for most teams. Uh, so we're going to catch you up on all of that. Plus, again, hours away from the deadline. Let's check in on our dark horse picks, which we have done, of course, all season long. Jerks Canucks, currently a record of 29-23-7 and seven for 65 points and fifth in the Pacific. I mentioned it earlier, three points out, but... Last we checked, down two nothing to Tampa, and about that, to get a power play. Yeah, Canucks on the power play, and they are just about midway through this game. Well, no, okay, that's that's bullshit. They're like four minutes into the second, but anyway, uh, we'll so we'll see if the Canucks record improves. I totally hope it does tonight. Uh, so you got to appreciate that. Now, my Kings, uh, look. <laughs> Little bit, little bit better. Thirty-two, twenty, and eight for seventy-two points. So seven points better, and second in the division. There's seven points from the top, but holy shit, you heard us talk about it earlier, man. The Kings are just getting killed by injuries right now. So in a couple weeks, boy, it wouldn't wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden, uh, you know. We saw we see jerk get the pay uh, or put the money down on the long shot and the fucking thing pays off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, holy crap, dude! Uh, dude, sleeping giant in your Vancouver Canucks, there, sir. <laughs> Woo. Well, you know, you just when you got a feeling, you got to take it, right? Oh man, I'm telling you. Uh, so the Ian bet. Look, we're we're still here. Start threshold has been met, but the save percentage is. Still 900, although that is an improvement off of the 897 we quoted last week. So, uh, barring Jones like throwing shutouts for the next five games straight, I don't know that's going to crack 915, but we'll see. Jones did throw up a 943 last night in a loss. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm, you know, let's let's see. I know that uh, Jones has, uh, well, I should say the Flyers, they got a lot of back to back games to finish this season. So Jones is going to get some more looks. Let's see if that fucker gets lucky. <laughs> and then it leads to all of us being lucky, except Ian. I think what's even, even though I'm of the belief that his hair will be safe, but I think it's absolutely incredible that since he made this bet, he has not gotten a haircut on the chance that he does have to do it. Are you serious? I had no yeah. idea. Oh, dude, yeah. that's oh, dude, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I had no idea about that. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? 
Either way, his wife's got to be pissed. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, we bring you the tweet of the week. And you know what? Not necessarily the the tweet of the week per se, but let's just say, I don't know, the uh, haymaker of the week, the the troll of the week. Uh, We give to you now, live from Buffalo, following a loss to his former team, Jack Eichel's comments. That's about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> really, after after uh, it only took seven years and me leaving for them to uh, get into the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was mixed. Uh, you know, it was a nice tribute, and uh, you know, um, there was plenty of people here that were supporting me, and there was plenty of people here that were booing me. So uh, they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here. I don't know. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the first kid to deal with it, so. Just move on, and uh, yeah, it was a tough game. You know, give them credit; they played hard. Oh, dude! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it took me leaving for them to get, be into hockey. Like, oh, oh, dude, that's like they were already booing you. And now here's the thing that 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 I don't understand. Like, I don't understand Buffalo fans booing Eichel. Like, maybe you, maybe they're booing him because oh, okay. He's a fucking diva. He's a whiny bitch, whatever. And fuck that guy. Glad to be rid of him. But it's like, dude, his wasn't like his beef. Like, I don't know anything about this, but wasn't his beef like with the front office? He wanted a particular medical procedure. And the front office said, no, we don't care for that. Yeah. And he exactly was like, well, then I'm going to fucking find a team who will let me do this because it's what I believe in. That's exactly what it was. I mean, the they disagreed on the type of procedure he should have gotten, so he basically spent, you know, he he basically spent eight months sitting at home, you know, injured un, and untreated because they couldn't agree on the surgery. And I like Dana here. He left because he wanted his fucking neck to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent point, Dana. Um, Dig it. But dude, I'm and, just and, telling you now, Dana, uh, when jerk has to take the last week of the season off, uh, you might be subbing it. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's not a coincidence either that he, the neck surgery that he wants is, uh, you know, happened like, I think three days after he was traded there. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Just the fact that it's kind of like, look, his, his beef was with the front office, so to to throw shade at the fans, I thought was a little misplaced. Made him look kind of like a whiny bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Certainly, the next time that Vegas plays, but what does what does he carry? He's not on the team anymore. Oh, I know, but it's like you know, like he could have handled it a little bit differently and say, "Hey, sure. you know, it was it was great to see the Buffalo fans that passionate or whatever, and you know, and I had a good time when I was here." Like you could have been the class act about it, but no, you were kind of a whiny bitch. And it pretty much guaranteed that anytime you ever set foot in that building, it's going to be even worse next time. <laughs> yeah, he's he's never going to hear the end of it. Yeah, so enjoy it because <laughs> it's going to be around for a while. How, hope how long? Was, hope it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you know that you have to play there once a year, and how long is your fucking contract for? <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the thing. He's got four years after this year. Hey now. So the next the next four times he plays, I'm I'm gonna be jotting those games down on my calendar. I don't know about you, <laughs> like I want to watch that. <sighs> so uh, it felt good. 
you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. And remember, as always, leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you were not able to join us live. Uh, famous last words, and if you have, well, famous last words for Hockey Jerk, and this is last call for any Q&A that you would like to uh, tackle. So, Jerk, we'll start with you. <laughs> famous last words. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Hurdle, don't leave me, motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> I mean, next week, I mean... <laughs> could that's be 30 it, right? minutes, could be 30 hours. <laughs> like, that's it, right? That's it, you know? We, obviously, next week is not the, next week is not our last show of the season, but it certainly could be the last important show of the season. It could be the last <laughs> memorable show of the season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my God. And uh, for those of you who are aware that... I have done some custom jerseys. The hurdle ones might be half price in a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it it's this week specifically is going to be really huge. Like I said, you know, it it was reported in the Athletic today that the Sharks are hoping for an answer on hurdle by Wednesday or Thursday. And again, that's not to say that he's going to re-sign or be traded by Wednesday or Thursday, but I think that's when the wheels are going to be in motion one way or the other, right? So We'll see. Obviously, we need to see, you know, we'll see with Barabanov. We'll see with Middleton. A lot of people are sleeping on Cogliano, but he, you know, any cup team that needs some good fourth line depth, I would take a chance on him. Why the hell not? I still, I mean, we've been saying this forever. How, how long have people been sleeping on Barabanov? And they, and they continue to do so. Yeah. So people are, I'm just glad, you know, people are sleeping on Barabanov. People are sleeping on Cogliano. Thankfully, people aren't sleeping on Middleton, but. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, let me throw a question from the chat from Ricky saying, have you guys looked at the dollar amount for the Vlasic buyout? Do you think it's buyout proof? So, jeez, oh, let's... I would, I, my first inclination is yes. I would, I would, because there's still so much left on it, I would lumber through one more year and, and it's like, you're about to become the highest paid seventh D man in NHL history. Yeah, I, I think I think so if you if you buy him out this this summer, it's you're looking at <laughs> you're looking at an eight year commitment <sighs> where you've got and you've got, you know, five year in terms of the buyout penalty, uh, and this is obviously not in uh, you know, this is not in 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 order of the years that they would occur, but you know, you've got five years of 1 million and some change. And then you got a year of 3.6, a year of 4.1 and a year of 5.1. Yeah. That's the, those obviously ooh, kicking the ball. All, all those numbers are lower than 7 million, <laughs> but still. you don't, you don't need me to tell you that, but with the way the cap is not moving the way everybody projected, that is a hard pill to swallow for not having a guy in your organization. To AJ's point, if you wait a year, you're looking at a six-year commitment, and it's four years of one in some change, and then you've got a $4 million uh, commitment and a $5 million commitment. Maybe, and again, I just, I'm just thinking out loud here, but maybe if you do go through next year and then trigger a buyout, Maybe the salary cap is in a position by then mm -hmm. where you can accommodate that. You know, they at the um, 
Board of Governors meeting, geez, I think in November, you know, they were saying 82.5 for next year, 83.5 for two years from now, and then three years from now will be when the wheels are in motion for the big cap increases again. And, you know, three years from now, three years from now would be, you know, the the year of this Vlasic buyout where the $4 million penalty comes into play. So maybe it's a situation where they think about it. I don't think this summer, but maybe next summer, summer 2023, maybe that's when they think about it. Yep. Also worth mentioning, Kane coming off the books. Yep certainly helps that as well you know they can afford to buy him out should should they choose to so we'll see i mean obviously there's still things to be decided with the Kane situation but you know a lot of balls are in the air i think yeah i say you you suck it up one more year and again you you basically tell them you're going to be the unless you get your shit together you're going to be the highest paid seventh defenseman uh in nhl history that's it you know, right? Or we can try to find a place to move you, but the whole thing is like, well, fuck, they're, they're going to have to eat salary on that too, in order to, you know, no one's taking him at that deal. So, it is what it is. All right, some final hits on the comments. We're going to bounce everybody. Uh, Ian agreeing. He says, "Yeah, do one more year, decided direction, and jettison it." Uh, it's the signing bonuses that are the issue with the buyouts. <laughs> right, because the because si- the the signing bonuses are guaranteed money. That's the issue. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Ricky has one. Let's watch how fast Jerk has fun with this. To me, it isn't even worth buying out. Just bury him in the minors for the one point two five savings and see if he retires out of pride. I mean, I mean, if you wave to him, that's I mean, that's that's highly, highly unlikely. Yeah. Because you send him to the minors and then. He says, this is disrespectful. I'm not showing up. And then you suspend him. What does that do? True that. A PR nightmare, too. Yeah. Uh, with a team that already has some PR nightmares with another player. <laughs> so, And speaking of which, uh, Putt Guy asking, do the Sharks find out soon about any cane penalty on the cap space? Dude, if we haven't found out about it now, I think they're just going to kick the can until the fucking season's over, to be honest. Well, that's the thing. They terminated Kane's deal in November, and the here hearing, we are. <laughs> and the hear the hearing hasn't even been scheduled. Yeah, as far as I know. So, I mean, it's probably a situation where they wait till the summer. But I wonder if it just gets to a point where, yeah, it just especially if Kane if Kane can rehab his NHL image somehow enough to get another deal, it might not matter. And you know, Ian and Phipps pointing out Vlasic has a no-move clause. You can't waive him without his permission. Um, or, I, I'm sorry, you can't send him to the minors without his permission. Yeah. So, um, tra- trade-proof fucking deal. <laughs> but also, and Phipps also saying, he's not, re- he's not, like, okay, say what you want about any player's pride and, and you know, their desire to be somewhere and their skill level. Like, why would Vlasic be like, you know what? <laughs> keep the 20 million like <laughs> why would he do that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i don't see him like being that generous of a tipper yeah Ugh. uh famous last words for me um i'm just gonna take a minute uh i'm gonna get i don't do this very often uh 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little personal. Uh, it was a I didn't want to do the show tonight to be honest. Uh, it was a very hard day for me. Uh, I do um, say goodbye to uh, like a cat that I've had since uh, you know 2004. Uh, it's just been my ride or die dude. Uh, Chip was, uh, he was the biggest love bug. He was, uh, just, if I was chilling on the couch, he'd sidle up right next to me and, uh, was just groovy dude. You know, there are some cats that are standoffish and they're kind of like, yeah, I guess I'll kind of be affectionate today or whatever. No, Chip was part dog some days. <laughs> you know, I called him, he would come. Uh, the last couple years for him were really hard. Um, we might have prolonged his life longer than we should have. Uh, probably just out of our own selfishness because we didn't want to say goodbye. But the these COVID times, uh, it was actually the benefit that I can say for co having COVID this last six months in particular, uh, Chip would literally jump up on my desk every day when I woke up and, and quote unquote came to work and he would jump up on my desk and just lay next to me the entire day and my arms for the most part when I'm working are pretty stagnant. They don't move too much because they're on a keyboard and he would just use my arm like a pillow and just spend the entire day with me. And that was, uh, that's something that I'm always going to remember. So to, uh, say goodbye to him earlier today was very difficult and it was, uh, it took a lot, took a lot. And, uh, she, in fact, my wife, uh, she couldn't even be in the room. She left. So it was, yeah, it was a tough day, but, uh, you know, we, we, uh, hold on to the memories and we move on. And I know people are probably, there's some people going, Oh my God, what a whiny bitch about his cat. Uh, but I'm telling you if, when you got the fur babies, they are members of the family and you treat them as such. And, uh, you know, like, I don't mean to play favorites, <laughs> but Chip and Kayla uh, for all the cats that we've had. And we, you know, we still have four, but Kayla and Chip, those those were my cats, you know. Those are the they hung out with it. Toby and 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 Luna and what they 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 I'll I more than admit they hang out with uh, with Sherry a bit more than me, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it as long as as far as they know. But uh, yeah, Chip and Kayla were my ride or die bitches, and so I said goodbye to Kayla almost two years ago. And so to say goodbye to Chip today, it was tough. It was a it was a tough time, but um, hell of a hell of a fucking cat, and the the guy had an amazing run. So three three homes he lived in, and uh, he was just he was just a piece of work, he had, like loving and and always cool. So uh, rest in peace, Chippy. I'm gonna miss you, baby boy. He was uh, just. Cool dude, cool fucking dude. So, with that, uh, to, 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 do we have? To, can somebody tell a joke? 
or some shit so we can like bring the energy back up before <laughs> you know before people start like looking for a razor <laughs> so, like, just like wow really way to bum everybody out to finish the show aj nice going well uh <laughs> the uh it, it's been a while but there is an nhl game happening you know as uh, the podcast tell is me vancouver up. took the lead no it's still two zero damn it but if anybody is interested, you know, when we slide over to Discord, maybe we'll have that game playing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Though, don't tell the NHL. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the NHL. Oh, shit. Fucking Avalanche shut out the flames. Wow. Okay. So, um, as always, uh, again, thanks, thank you for letting me uh, pontificate. No, that's not the right word. Just drone on yeah. about, uh, about Chip. Uh, beloved family member. He he's he was a shit. Um. So, anywho, uh, thank you so much again for uh, checking us out and listening to us. We appreciate you guys that you guys spend your Sunday nights with us every Sunday. Uh, can't say enough about how much we appreciate hanging out with you, talking hockey and other mischievous things. Uh, and so if you feel the desire whatsoever. We would appreciate it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, tell a friend about it, follow us on the social media, whichever is your preferred platform, be it Twitter, Insta, Facebook, whatever. And again, uh, if you enjoy the content we deliver, you can always throw something, a little tip in our Venmo jar. Not required. We just say, hey, you want to help us keep this commercial free? It's That's one of the ways to do it because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I do not want to fucking be like, 40 50 minutes into a show and then just have to stop everything dead in its tracks to say hey do you have too much pubic hair here's a device that can help you out you know what i mean <laughs> did you see did you see what ian put in the chat what did ian put hold on what is this we didn't cancel the reach around for you guys to bring it <laughs> stop talking about other games fuck nut <laughs> good one ian love it so, uh, yeah, do the subscription, tell a friend, all that fun stuff. Uh, the link to the Discord, you can find it in the notes to this show. Or uh, just, like, hit up uh, the... Send me a DM on Twitter. That's the best way. There you go. Hit up hockey jer at hockey underscore jerk. Hit up the jerk man. He is the chief of chiefing when it comes to the Discord. Hit him up, and he will hook you up. So find everything and more at tealtownusa.com. Uh, and big stick taps to Puck Guy and Ian today for, uh, <laughs> we mentioned earlier Eric Carlson describing something as a clusterfuck. We had a little bit of that today on the website, but uh, taps to Puck Guy and Ian for fixing that up. So find it all there. You can see us next Sunday, again, a Pucknologist takeover of After Dark following Sharks versus the Desert Dogs. Hey now, did somebody say Desert Dogs? Yes, we will be prepared next week and again there could be a lot of trade talk to get on so show 156 coming at you following sharks versus arizona again thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you all next sunday everybody have a great night